Hello and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back everyone to another episode. And as you can see by today's title, we'll be doing a let's see what's up and we're going to be checking out and I'm going to be giving you my initial thoughts on Arthdal Chronicles, The Sword of Araman. And this is season two of Arthdal Chronicles, years after the first season. I mean... I was not expecting them to do this. I really, I mean, I think I, I don't know. I mean, cause I think it came out in what, 2019, the first season. And after all the, whatever was going down with it, cause I feel like there's a lot of controversy around the season one and it didn't do well for its production value and how much it cost to make it. And, and so I just was like not thinking they would ever pick it back up. And so the fact that we got the news break of like who was going to be in it, everything, I was in shock. I was in shock because I think they did right by getting who they got to be in it because that was my motivation to come back to season two. Originally, if you know, I was thinking about them doing a season two, I don't think I would have had any real desire to come back. I'm going to be honest. Not that, you know, I was a hater of the first season by any means. I think I'm a, a rare camp that I actually didn't mind the first season of Arthur Chronicles but I also didn't it wasn't anything to write home about and I didn't fall in love with it by any means so I could go without watching it season two however I am a huge Junkie fan I support him always loving the pieces and so I was really excited when I saw that he was going to be our kind of two characters um, our twin brother characters I was really excited that was going to be the case so I came back for season two I'll bet I don't know you know if I would have had it not been him I'm going to be honest with you so I am surprised that I'm even talking about Art Thou Chronicles years after you know years later but we're going to talk about it I'm not going to talk about any of the Game of Thrones comparisons the fact that you know there were some controversies about the first season I'm not going to even talk much about the first season at all um but in this initial thoughts, I'm going to kind of do what I always do, give you a quick synopsis from online, and then I'm going to jump into just my thoughts. And I will say that my initial thoughts are after watching the first four episodes. So I have watched four just long hour plus episodes of Arthdown Chronicles season two, and I am going to do my best to just kind of share some quick thoughts about what I'm feeling after, you know, watching all four of those episodes. So yeah, let's get into this episode then, starting with the synopsis. So I think I got this from my drama list. Um, I couldn't find a better synopsis anywhere else. So I think this is the one I'm going to go to. Again, I'm not going into anything about season one. We're going to just jump into the kind of breakdown of what season two is about. So, Arthdal Chronicles The Sword of Araman depicts the story of what happens in Arthdal approximately a decade later. Over the course of more than eight years, Arthdal succeeded in suppressing the massive rebellion of the tribes slaughtered by Tagon in season one, and the Agos finally achieved the reunification of 30 clans after 200 years under the new leadership of Unsum. In season two, Tagon's kingdom of Arfdal and Unsum's Agu Union are set to face a great war. Unsum is the ruler of the East now, Tanya is the successor of the Wahan clan, and the story set is set eight years after Tagun has become 
king so that is the setup for season two that is where season two kind of starts at eight years later so you know the kind of change of character a change of actors seems to make sense because they've aged and so I was fine everything was fine with all of that so yeah now let's get into my initial thoughts so do I need to go over who's playing what characters really quickly yeah let me just do that since we do have character changes so the actor Jung Dong-Goon, he's playing Tagon again. Then we have now Lee Jun-Ki playing Unsum and the Saya character, or San Saya 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 character. Sorry, he's playing Saya and Unsum. And then we also have a change in characters for Tanya, and we have um, her played by Shin Se-kyung. And then we have the return of Kim Ok-bin as the queen. Taliha, uh, Taliha, can never pronounce her name. And then a lot of other actors who were kind of like in the troops and in the other tribes, a lot of them did return or reprise their roles. So we don't have too much miss up there, like change there, but there are some some character changes there as well. Um, but they're just not as, I guess, important. <laughs> just not as important, I guess. Um, but anywho, let's go ahead and talk about some of my initial thoughts. First thing I want to get out of the way is kind of aesthetics. I want to just start off by letting you know this drama is just as beautiful as the first season. Beautifully, beautifully shot. Um, This season, I feel like the fight scenes, um, the fight sequences, the war kind of battle scenes are just so so well choreographed I am super impressed by them and I don't have any memory of how I viewed the fight scenes and things like that in season one so I can't really compare but I have to say I was thoroughly impressed with the fight sequences in these initial episodes so so good so cool to watch and of course we have Junki who is just an action superstar and I know he did a lot of his stunts in this I know he did I know he's getting up there in age I think he still he still has it and so just he looks always looks so good doing like these kind of acrobatic you know cool action shots and I know he did a lot of them so super cool loved watching them and then everyone themselves look really really great I I mean I'm telling you um Saek Young beautiful oh she looks beautiful on screen and then we have um Kim Ok-bin who just Stunning. I don't think I was as blown away with her in season one as I am already in this season. I just, oh my gosh, beautiful. She looks beautiful. And then, of course, Junkie, um, everyone who's coming, who came back, doing their roles perfectly, acting is there. Lovely. Now, one thing I will say about the aesthetics of this drama, it has to do with hair and makeup. It's distracting because it's just not that well done. I would also say in season one, I also struggled with that. And I feel like you would think after multiple years between the two seasons, they would have gotten better with the hair and makeup or I don't, I don't know what the excuse is or what, maybe the budget went towards everything else and kind of like they skimped on the hair and makeup, but it is not it does it's distracting how 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 bad it is to me it's very distracting and especially for someone like Junki who you know usually grows his hair out to give you something to work with you know um with him having to have longer hair and these like you know historical style dramas and even his hair is not doing its best so I am very disappointed in that and I feel like they should have had the hair and makeup team from Tale of the Night Tale. I mean, that this would have never happened had they had that team. So that is a part of the drama I will call out and say they could have done a better job and it is slightly distracting. 
but you know that's either here nor there but I did want to get kind of this aesthetically that I really am enjoying the way the drama looks the only other thing I want to mention is maybe CGI they haven't really had as many scenes with the use of CGI as I feel like they did in the first season where I feel like there were like a lot of mythical figures that we were seeing and so there were there was a lot of CGI and I don't know if they're going to use some of that or get to that later on in this in this season but I will say the little bit that I've seen in these first four episodes actually looks really good I was really 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 satisfied and happy with the CGI not distracted by it at all so I think that you know maybe the budget went towards that and that's why that looks better but mm, hair and makeup man is it could be better it could be better okay so now that we're done with the aesthetics let me just go into the story so I will say the story starts seamlessly I mean almost too seamlessly to the point where I felt I really should have went back and rewatched season one before starting season two it does not miss a beat after like a quick animated retelling of season one in the first episode it it, it does not miss a beat it, what it does what that recap does do it just kind of sets up where the what the story was in season one and what the story ended up as at the end of it but what it misses is the mass amount of characters we met in season one so there comes a point while I was watching this where I felt like I had to pretend like I knew who a character was when honestly I had no clue who they were I really did it I was like wait I should know this person obviously the the, the way that they're being presented in this scene I should definitely know who this character is but I have no clue but you kind of just watch hoping you kind of remember I at least for me because again I watched it back in 2019 and never watched it again after that didn't even think to do any kind of recaps or anything before watching season two so that may be on me but yeah I I was lost with some of these characters um but there were some places in the first couple episodes where they gave us some flashbacks that definitely helped um but other times I was completely clueless and you know it is what it is I guess but the positive thing about that or what they did was that even with the lack of knowledge about some of the characters I did still feel like the dialogue filled in some of those holes so over time using context clues I was able to kind of recall or slightly vaguely remember who the character was based on kind of what their discussion was in dialogue but that to me leads to a little um, issue with me in these first four episodes of season two and it's that this drama is so wordy and I, I get it there's so much politics there's also this history um, and the myths of Arthdal and this kind of fictional you know place and it just all overlaps to the point where you can easily get lost. And I think that's exactly what happened when I was watching the first season. Like I felt like all of it was was just a lot. But the, the good thing about the seeds second season, obviously, is that we have established characters now. So the backstories that we have built up in season one aren't clouding the dialogue too much in this season. So it, it's, you know, it's helping us focus in on the politics and the history and the myths that we need to pay attention to you know it doesn't kind of also include all these things about these characters that we should already know you know we don't have to worry about learning about these characters again which is actually good and bad again it's bad if you're coming from this this coming to this season two without any knowledge of season one but it's actually you know 
cool knowing that if you know season one you just kind of keep moving and that's what I will say I like about these first two I'm sorry first four episodes was that there seemed to be a lot more movement already in this season where there are just things that are meant to happen and that are supposed to happen and we're just kind of watching them quickly build up to those happenings right and it, it, it is only 12 episodes so that could be the reason where they're like okay we gotta keep we gotta go we got we don't have enough time but you know it actually is nice because again it doesn't give you the story this kind of laggingness you know lagginess to it it's like you just moving we're moving we keep it going we keep it going um and the other thing um to know is that again because there are so many characters and players in the story you really do have to pick who you care about and kind of focus in on that that next set of characters for me in season one Tagon and the queen were really heavy hitters for me and I remember being really invested in their side of the story but this time around we get the kind of introduction into the twins Unsum and Seiya immediately and it's kind of more about their journey back to each other because they obviously were separated when they were little and so we kind of are figuring out or we're invested in seeing them reconnect and find out even about each other because they didn't even like know that you know that they each existed um so I think that was really cool and I'm enjoying that aspect and I also think it you know this journey between these two twins it also helps facilitate one of my favorite tropes which is you know the pretending to be someone else you know the hidden identity trope that I love so much and so to me, that is a selling point. And I don't know if that would be a selling point for everyone and if that's enough for people to be hooked and interested. But for me, it really is. It really is a end for me with this drama. And I think in, you know, because it's very early on in the first, you know, few episodes we do get that the two get swapped they are in their respective camps and then at some point they swap places and then everyone you know in these these camps aren't sure if who they're you know who they're talking to some people knew figure out who it is and some people don't know and so all of that is stuff that I love and and I'm invested in that and I am interested in that but again I don't know if that's enough for other people to be like really sold on art thou prodigal season two okay but for me i'm enjoying it and that is the bulk of the first few episodes and i but i will say i would i would have appreciated there was a little bit more like build up of the unsum character and his transformation into this godlike figure that is like wrecking havoc for arthdal and the king i really 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 wish we got to see a little bit of that lead up i know at the end we kind of saw the you know the transformation beginning but in the first episode he has already been established it's eight years later and he's just like you know people are following behind him you know he has throes of tribes that are wanting to be a part of him you know his his calling and i i wish i would have saw a little bit of that um built up but you know it's okay like I said, they, they got eight, they got to move, they got to move. But yeah, so that's kind of just like right off the bat, some of my initial thoughts on this drama. Now, what I did want to talk about next would be some moments in the first few episodes that just kind of stood out to me and that I appreciated or that I maybe didn't appreciate or I was confused about or concerned about, you know, those type of moments. And again, if you're not going to watch this drama, then you can keep listening but if you are there may be a little bit of spoilers in these first four episodes but not enough to like 
deter you from watching the drama if you were going to watch it. So, um, yeah. So the, the first thing is the war, the battle that kind of is the very first two episodes of this season two. And this war or the battle is between our two brothers, our twins, Unsum and Seiya. And it is so, so good. It is so, so good. It set it sets up or it reminds us of the big difference between the two brothers because that's the thing that we do get to see in the first season. We get to see who Seiya is and we get to see who Umsum is and they are totally different people and I love that because I don't remember much about the first season that I was able to remind myself of how they are and some of their characteristics and who they are with the use of this kind of battle between the two. Because we have Unsum, it's the one who has, you know, basically become a godlike figure. He has always been more gifted and skilled in um, battle and combat. And then you have Seiya, who grew up without any love and was completely hidden away from just interacting with other people. So everything that he learned of the world were, was through books. So when you get to see this battle go down between these two, it is established again all over that how different they are and yet how because of their difference them being brought together is going to create this kind of hole that we are basically trying to get for the world to change in our style uh, which again is a big premise of the story which I will say one 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 thing about that the, the big lore or the big um, kind of myth of this or prophecy of this drama starting in season one and is obviously fully realized or going to be fully realized in season two is the unification of Seiya, Unsum, and our Tanya character. They are the the three elements that need to be kind of combined in order to create this new world. And I, in the first season... I appreciated that lore. I appreciated that kind of prophecy and kind of like there's these three that are together. They create something. They're going to create something whole and new. And I really like that. I actually like that premise. I like that setup from any for like any story, really. So seeing that this is going to be the realization in this season two of that kind of prophecy, I'm actually really um, anticipating like how they're going to pull that all together. Um, but yeah, so either way, like I said, the first opening episodes are kind of this battle between the two brothers and it sets up and reestablishes just their personalities and how different they are. And I really, really love that scene and the, the playing out of the scene. And I will just go ahead and ruin that, that Seiya gets destroyed because they even mentioned like everything he's learned about battle and war came from books, right? He's just kind of like fronting uh, these these battles, but he actually is not fighting in them because he doesn't have the skill to do so that's he has the brain he has the wit he doesn't have the actual physical skill uh, to be able to go in, into war while his brother Umsum he is leading his leading the pack you know he's leading the war he is there on the ground fighting and I just love it I just love it I love it I love it um yeah so that is one moment that I really want to talk about the other moment that I really want to talk about was the fact that Everyone is an enemy of someone, and it's a little frustrating. <laughs> like the characters, like the characters, I feel like I too don't know what 
they should trust or who they should trust. I feel like everybody is has their own agendas and their own individual plots and plans. And yet at some point they're going to, you know, connect with one person to, to realize that plan. But then the next time, if that person does not kind of support their next move then they can just quickly betray them and it's kind of annoying and frustrating to watch but I will say I think that is one of the themes in this the story of Arthdial Chronicles as far as like greed and kind of individual pursuit and I think the whole point is that that's the problem with the world that they're living in right now and why they need to create a new one so again as much as it frustrates me and annoys me beyond measure I do think it's supposed to tie in to kind of the overarching or one of the overarching themes of the story and yes so if you're like me you're gonna get annoyed with it but you know I guess I guess I guess that's the thing with like politics and political intrigue and palace intrigue it's like you never know who to trust the characters never know who to trust and that's a part of the intrigue so I'll let them have it but I will say it annoys me beyond belief (laughs) and then um another thing to point out and not too much of a spoiler because again it happens very early on in these first four episodes we get a major character death in this in these first opening episodes and to me that was just another show of how this story is moving really quickly and I was a little taken aback by the death of this character and I was I was a little sad because you know this character was very important in season one and kind of like the realization of the twins and Tanya I loved how you know they had kind of connected and he was distrusting her and then they kind of formed a team and and for him to die in this early on in this season it was like man really that's it I wasn't I wasn't the happiest with his death but I again I think they're moving they're like you know we gotta move we gotta move we gotta we gotta start killing people off so yeah but um the um let me see there's another thing I oh so the other thing I want to mention is that and this is probably another testament to how fast the story is moving the reunion of Unsum and Tanya because as we know there is Unsum and Tanya have gotten separated very early on in season one they got completely pulled apart from one another and a lot of their story is like them trying to journey back together in a way but because they can't necessarily journey back together they end up having to kind of set their feet in where they are and kind of get themselves in positions of power to eventually get together again but she also meets Seiya at that time and there's their kind of connection or whatever that they have but she is in love with Unsum and Unsum is in love with her and yet we can never really see them together in season one we barely see them together they're on their own two different camps and they are just like doing their own thing and so to see them reunite in season two and then they immediately kiss like it's like they we get a hug and we get a kiss like right off the bat with their meeting and I was a little taken back I'm gonna be honest there was no lead up to it um and I was kind of hoping that there would be some hesitancy some kind of awkwardness with them kind of reuniting some distrust maybe I don't know I just wanted to be a little bit of more tension between their reunion but yeah they were like again we don't have time to waste it's been years since they've seen each other and we only have 12 episodes so let's go and I I guess that was okay but I wish I just wish they would have gave us a little bit more build up to them reconnecting but it was like immediately 
we found each other again love you here's a kiss let's let's fight together let's ride together they and then the tension that they do end up presenting with their relationship is only after this kind of initial reunion with a kiss and a hug you know then they start to show where they're there may be some hesitation with their reunion, their reconnection. And I thought that should have been the start of it, honestly. It's just kind of grand, like, hug and kiss moment. But, you know, that's just me. That's just me. Um, And then the other thing I have to say, and this is right at the end of episode four, where we get the lore of the the people who have mixed blood, um, as far as, like, they are um, part, like, Neanderthal and... um, and human and they thus have purple blood and I I love that I love that I love that I loved it in season one and I definitely still am enjoying it in this season because at the end of episode four it got really good it got really really good with like the 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 purple blood the bleeding the reveal of the blood the twist of like now what people with purple blood you know like what their mixed blood or them being mixed people like what this now is going to be for us now like I am so so looking forward to that so I actually think that the ending of episode four really kind of set up for me that I am going to probably finish watching this um I was a little concerned I'm gonna be honest because in earlier episodes with some of the, the kind of long lengthy dialogues and just kind of like the political you know stuff that was sitting around grand tables I was a, I got a little sleepy I'm not gonna lie I got a little sleepy um but definitely the battling the fight sequences keeps you like seated I mean I'm always like oh my gosh this looks so good oh this is so great so the ending of episode four where there's like this grand like fight is just so good and then the reveal of the blood the purple blood and oh I loved it so I definitely think for me season two is actually doing really well for me I'm actually in shock that I'm enjoying it as much as I am again I was hoping it would be less overwhelming and less um confusing as season one because again we've established all of our major players all of our characters so I was hoping that it would be a lot clearer and a lot kind of just smooth smoother to kind of start and it was however I do think it would be helpful if you knew what was going on in season one before you start season two I really do think there is um it's just like a immediate flow like there's no there's there's no moment where they're allowing you to kind of catch your breath to figure out who's who again what was their backstory what are these people what is this tribe again like there's they don't give you any time to remember that stuff it's just there so I would say you would definitely need a recap a really good recap of season one before going into season two to fully enjoy it I think because again as someone who was like letting myself just just go with the flow when I didn't remember things I don't think that's the best way to enjoy a drama obviously (laughs) so to really I think fully realize it and enjoy it you do need to have some background knowledge of season one but I will say I'm surprised that I'm enjoying it so much and I do I do think it has a lot to do with the fact that everything's been so established and that I already know kind of who my characters are that matter to me. Um, and then I'm able to just to kind of go on into their story without much hesitation. So I think that has been really good. The, the pacing of this drama is pretty solid. Um, and I think it's working in its favor for me, for sure. So I am actually 
I'm, I'm enjoying Arthur Chronicles, the Sword of Aramon. <laughs> I've been enjoying it. I don't know, again, if it's the best story in the world or is anything new under the sun. Obviously, the comparisons to Game of Thrones and all that kind of stuff from season one. But I, I mean, I don't mind it. It's something completely different than what I'm watching right now. And I, I like that because sometimes you just need something different. And it was different when I watched it back in 2019. And it's still pretty different to me. Um, I've only watched two seasons of Game of Thrones. So I'm not one to make comparisons or to say anything about this type of story but I I'm not I'm not mad at it again just like in season one and, and not just like but in season one I remember there was a lot of just people ripping it to shreds and a lot of it had to do with like the inaccuracy of some of the the styling choices and costuming and things like that and just anachronisms and I again don't know much I don't know I have no clue so for me I don't I'm not looking for that in my in the story or in the seasons season one or season two so maybe there are other people who have a lot of blaring like issues with this this opening of season two um that you know have to do with something like that but I don't have those things I like I said I think aesthetically it looks really good I have no problems I'm enjoying looking at it just play out on screen again I'm okay with the story setup as I like a lot of the elements of the story as far as like the the twins the pretending to be other people this theme of like these three people having to unite to bring change and bring a whole new world upon this kind of dying decaying evil world like I love all that so I I don't I don't know if I'm the best person to to really critique or you know really say anything bad about this drama but I I I don't think I have much I actually am enjoying it I'm excited to watch next episode I know weird right like I said I love the ending of episode four so I'm looking forward to the next one I I do I'm a little concerned I if I have a concerns like I said I am a little concerned with the relationship between Unsam and Tanya because like I said the way they reunited was immediately like oh my gosh you know I missed you here's a hug and a kiss but then you know episode later all of a sudden there's some tension between them because they kind of are showing that they have different values of this new world or even the need for a new world and I think that should have been like out the gate what they established instead of them kind of like showing that they were you know teaming up again or anything like that so I'm interested to see how their relationship actually plays out and the other thing I do say I will say I miss is this kind of romance element to it I don't feel like there's much romance to this story in season one obviously with the Tanya and Unsum situation we got some of that but that I don't know if we're gonna get much of that in this season and um I'm missing that I would really like that and also in season one with our um our king and our queen their story they're kind of very toxic and confusing love story also like I enjoyed that so I'm I'm sad that we don't have a big element of romance in this season two and if we do I don't know I don't know where it's going to come from I don't don't know where it's going to come from but yeah that's something that I'm missing which is weird because I don't need romance in a lot of stories but I feel like this is a good story to have a really grand love story so I'm a little disappointed I'm a little disappointed um but yeah so that's it guys i didn't want to hold you and kind of go over episode scene by scene or anything about our style chronicles because again i don't think this is everybody's cup of tea at all but i am enjoying it i think i will be finishing this drama it's not 
anything i mean there's nothing to write home about now don't 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 twist my words to make me out to be the person who's like i highly recommend season two of arthur chronicle not that necessarily i think if you watch season one i think it would be wise to, to finish up with season two i think it is a great seamless like flow from season one into season two so i think it's fine um if you watch season one not saying that you had to love season one because i don't know if i love season one but i didn't mind it either so i think if you watched it i think it's fair to say definitely check out season two now if you have not watched season one i would not start season two without some kind of recap or some kind of backstory or history about season one it does not give you any room to like it doesn't give you any room to not know what's going on and again it's to its benefit and also i think it's not if again you want people to start watching this without any knowledge of the first season because that little recap at the beginning a little animated recap was not good enough at all um speaking from someone who did watch season one i was so confused i was like that's it that's what happened in the- <laughs> just kidding I, I knew what happened in season one but it was just very base line as far as a recap goes and there's so many other things that happened in season one that i'm like that they reference all throughout these first four episodes and i'm like it would have been nice to get a little refresher on that um but yeah so definitely one that i'm watching but not sure if i would recommend it off the bat to anyone to start just yet okay yeah but that's it guys that is all i have for this episode i want to thank you so much for listening and whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening i hope you have a great day so everyone it's been real lola's off